Hey everyone, I just wanted to give a quick note about this episode. As I explained in the beginning of the episode and kind of throughout, uh, I got stuck in Texas because my flight got canceled uh, after Childerberg. And so I didn't have my normal equipment to record the podcast, so I'm recording directly into my laptop. And also the internet connection at the hotel was not that great, so I start my audio starts getting a little bit choppy. Uh, I went through and edited it, which was fortunate that I have uh, kind of all day to spend in Colleen today, so I'm able to devote some some decent time to trying to fix the audio up here, so apologize if uh, it sounds like we're kind of talking over each other. It's it, That was the audio getting jumbled up. I tried to kind of patch things together, remove some dead space, and uh, I, think, I think it's listenable. Uh, there, there were a couple segments here and there that that got lost because it was the audio got so choppy but uh hopefully it's not too bad and and you you enjoy the episode and next week we'll we'll be back with our normal setup and everything will be crisp crisper and clear and uh good for you so let's uh get this episode rolling Hello and welcome to episode 148 of the Rollo and Slappy Show. Today is June 9th, 2019, but we will be releasing this on June 10th, 2019. I am Rollo McClugal and with me is Slappy Jones 2. And we are both from McClugal.com. The show notes page for this episode is McClugal.com slash 148. Where you'll be able to find links to the things we talk about as well as ways to check out our sponsor which is libertymugs.com, and also to check out some other interesting things like Pay, which uh, is a cashback thing for your credit cards where you can earn Bitcoin. I've done it. It works. It's pretty cool. Um, and uh, before we get into this episode, uh, I am stuck in Killeen, Texas tonight. My flight got canceled. I was uh, at Childerberg this weekend and had an absolute blast. It was awesome. You got to go to Chili Dose if you were not able to attend Childerberg. Um, but uh, there was a big thunderstorm that rolled through, so my flight got canceled. Long story short, I can't fly out of uh, the city until tomorrow afternoon. So uh, apologies if my audio isn't what it normally is. I don't have a microphone. Um, so... That's that. And also, uh, I said it's it's June 10th, actually. No, wait. I still have uh, my computer's clock hasn't changed. So it's still June 9th where you are, Slappy, right? Uh, for another half hour. Okay. Yeah, so we, I, 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 can't, I couldn't have bent the truth and said it was June 10th <laughs> in your time zone. I'm still, I'm still, I'm an hour behind you. Correct. Uh, Something else I wanted to say about before we, we got into stuff, other than, I don't know, talk about Childerberg for a minute. But, uh, you know, Jacob from Tasting Anarchy really, uh, really hit it out of the ballpark. Uh, I think there were about 30 people that showed up, and uh, everyone had an absolute blast. Weather was awesome. It was very, very hot, but uh, in the shade, it was, it, was, it was nice. And everyone was awesome. There was, there was not a single person in there that didn't, like, fit into just like the chill kind of temperament well, which is what we were looking for everyone got a if you can't grade. spot the sucker yeah yeah so uh 
Yeah, I don't know what you meant there. Uh, that's a poker right. saying. If you can't, if you sit at a table, you can't spot the sucker. You are the sucker. Ah, okay. You see, yeah, I've been uh, I've been killing my time this evening at the uh, at, at one of the hotel bars, so I may not be uh, where where my uh, mental state should be. So, uh, yeah. So before I say anything else, dumb. Yeah, so no, the only point of, of me saying that is is ever, no one there was a problem to you because you were the problem. Right. 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 Exactly. Um, so, good. Uh, I'm sure you had your fruitcake. Oh, yeah. I want to say that. Uh, I want – so what we did was we had the uh, – I did a 50-50 for uh, – actually, before we get into this, let me uh, – I realize I don't have headphones. I'm all – Caddy Wonkus and out of whack. So we don't, I don't know if there's any like back talk with speakers picking up the microphone. So I'm untangling headphones and putting them in now. But yeah, I'm glad you brought up the fruitcake because that's an important thing. So as I'm stalling while I'm fumbling around here, and, and headphones are in. Okay, I hear you, Slappy. Good. Okay, so yeah. So for the, the, I brought I brought a fruit cake and if you saw on Twitter I was advertising that I was gonna do we were doing a 50-50 that if you could guess the weight or whoever came close to guessing the weight of a fruit cake um, would split the 50-50 money. Uh, well, sorry, man, let me take a step back to explain this. Not like a lunatic. So I was doing a 50-50 where half the money would go to the winner and the other half would go to uh, freeing Ross Albrecht donating to that that cause that whoever could get the closest to guessing the weight of the fruitcake and uh we raised i think 70 dollars good was, was in the pot and uh a lot of people participated but in the end it was mason from tasting anarchy one he guessed two pounds six ounces and the fruitcake was two pounds nine and one eighth ounce so he was the closest and uh Hats off to Mason because he donated his winnings back to, to Ross Albrecht. And uh, so all of that money is, is able to go go to that, that cause, which is really awesome of him and really awesome of everyone who participated. And you know what also it was pretty great about it was that uh, there are now new fans of fruitcake, including Car Campit, who was dead against fruitcake, has still not eaten the fruitcake I sent him. But actually admitting to liking the fruitcake that uh, that I made and he ate. Uh, I did a deal with him, too. Uh, he ate fruitcake and I drank LaCroix Franzia with ice. Good. And, uh, yeah, it, it, I didn't taste so any of it. I need but. to wait. I, I won't believe that till I hear it from Carr. Um. You know, he was out in the wilderness with you. He'd be sleeping. Anything could happen. Just tell him you like the fruitcake. He'll leave you alone. He, he was my camp camp buddy, too. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. That's not, you know, you have ample opportunity to do well, something you know horrible. He might so, lie, but there are plenty of witnesses. Okay. Plenty of witnesses. Well, well, so now that you're in a cult, what happens? Are you, I mean, are you really in a hotel in Colleen or are you doing whatever cult people do, cult members do? Um, can you, can you tell us any of this? 
I can neither confirm nor deny any of those accusations. Fair enough. Yeah, so uh, you might want to stop asking questions if you know what's good for you. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's great because now that uh, now that every 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 single person survived uh, Childerberg one, so that creates a false sense of security for all the new people that come to Chili Dose. There you go. And that's where we execute the actual plan. Okay. So, what are we talking about today? Today's episode. Now that we're uh, we're kind of winging it. Well, um, maybe how I was. I did a lot of driving around kind of the, the hill country and, and ranches of Texas over the last few days. And Texas also has a lot of tractors. Cool. So it's pretty cool. So you got I to like see that. some of them. Did you take any pictures? Uh, not really. My phone, uh, so I didn't have battery in my phone for most of the weekend. Um, the, uh, the rental car that I got. For whatever reason, I don't know if it was on the car's end or my end with my charger, but the cigarette lighter charger did not work. And the USB charger in the car did not really do a good job of charging the phone, the battery. And I wasn't until midday today that I really had much of the of my battery. So not that many pictures. So I did have a good picture of, uh, of someone desecrating Franzia, which was pretty good. Hmm. So, but uh, yeah, um, we do kind of carrying over from last week's episode, uh, uh, talking about how to deal with people that you don't, that you, they make a point or two that you agree with, but everything else is terrible. Kind of different from what we talked about last week, where it was, you agree on most things, but they have one bad thing. Um, But, uh, and we were talking about this. A lot of today, actually, uh, at Childerberg with the people that were kind of left over. But um, <laughs> what really made me think of the idea to talk about last week's episode was not so much about Bitcoin, but more uh, had to do with Tulsi Gabbard. Yeah, that's right. That's what that was what we were going to talk about last week. Right. Um, yeah. Because there's a lot of people talking about Tulsi Gabbard in libertarian circles. Sure. Uh should you support her? No, not very good on foreign policy, apparently. Uh, but when it comes to economics, not so good. Well, and economics, economics, like everything else. Um, yeah, I, mean, I, mean, I mean, I don't follow. I don't follow. Like I can't people. even really say much to it. This, let's put it out there now. I'm not voting for Tulsi Gabbard. Or yeah, that's her name, right? Tulsi Gabbard. I'm not going to vote for yeah. her or anyone else for that matter. Um, I haven't so followed for Trump. <laughs> yes. Um, but she does say some good things. I mean, I hear clips on podcasts. I hear some good things about some of the stuff on foreign policy. I don't, I'm not even comfortable saying she's good on foreign policy. I don't know that. I don't follow her closely enough. Every, everything that I've heard and from everything that I hear who I trust, I think she's very good, if not great, on foreign policy. Okay. I mean, uh, I, I can't point to something that would say she isn't. Right. Um, but I just don't know. I mean, the things I've heard, yeah, sure. She's, yeah. Pretty, she's pretty good. And, and by the same token, from what I've heard from her and from what I've heard from people I trust, she's awful on everything else. 
Yeah. So how do you deal with that? I mean, we, we it, it matters. I mean, the foreign policy matters, but the other stuff matters too, because I mean, we've talked about it before. It's, it's the foreign policy is a symptom of, of bigger problems uh, in, in our society and how the government handles certain things. So, but that, that, I don't want to make it sound like that foreign policy is unimportant and, and, uh, you know, considering the, the uh, consequences of our foreign policy are really, really bad. Don't want to make it seem like, oh, well, it's just because it's a symptom. It doesn't really matter. It's not that important. So what do you think about someone who's like Tulsi Gabbard? She gets what she nails one. And let's just for the sake of argument, let's just say that she's really, really good on foreign policy right now, at least. But bad on everything else. How do we how do we deal with that? Well, I don't know. I mean, the way I would deal with it would be. I like her on, you know, let's just like, like I said, I don't know a whole lot about her. I've heard some things. Uh, Everyone says she's good on foreign policy. I'm going to go with that. Let's say she's Ron Paul on foreign policy. Uh, I think I would want her on the debate stage. I would want her talking about foreign policy. Uh, If, if you have to pick one, I mean, for the, the wars are the biggest issue to me. Um, so that, that would be the most important issue, I think. Uh, so if she became president, like it's good on some, some for, for foreign policy, for what's important to me, that's great. Um, I would want people talking about her. I would want her to get momentum. I would hope that she gets on the debate stage and gives that big moment that gets people talking. Cause the reality is she's not going to win the nomination. She's not even close. She's not even in the discussion. Uh, which is another thing libertarians like to talk about is that when you're good on foreign policy, you don't get attention right. like, like Ron Paul didn't. Uh, but what Ron Paul did was get a lot of people talking about it. And so that's my hope is that Tulsi Gabbard at some point in this campaign says something really good at the right time. Maybe, maybe she's on national TV. I think there's like 30 Democrat candidates. So she's going to get about 10 seconds. (laughs) Yeah. Hopefully in those 10 seconds, she uses it to talk about foreign policy and it gets people thinking or at least questioning or, you know, just keep chipping away at what our culture is with this, these wars. Uh, And that's the hope uh, because she's not going to win. So I don't even know that it's even like, is it, I don't want to say it's not worth talking about the other stuff. It certainly is. And so I guess my opinion is if she's really good on foreign policy and that's what you think is important and you want to support her and go out there and talk about her and tell your friends to listen to her on foreign policy. Great. (laughs) She's not going to win anyway. So at least get people thinking about what's important to you. Um, What do you think about that? No, I'm, I'm right there. I think we tend to, maybe overthink it sometimes with like um, just how like it's real. It should be really simple that if she's good on foreign policy, you applaud her for her positions on foreign policy and don't applaud her for, for the other stuff. If she's bad on everything else, then just say she's bad on everything else. Just say, Hey, I think Tulsi Gabbard's really good on foreign policy and you should listen to her on foreign policy on the other stuff. Well, I disagree with her. So whatever do whatever you want i mean i don't I, whatever i don't care um 
Now, how would you feel? Let's say she was a viable candidate. Like, say, I don't know who's at the top. Is Joe Biden, the front runner so. right now. Let's say it's Tulsi Gabbard. What do you do there? Where now she could win, or right. like you know, hypothetically could win. Do you? What I was trying to say earlier is she doesn't have a shot at winning, so I don't care what. Like, who cares? Well, that's you know, the thing. that's that's why I I really want people to not be afraid to. Uh, applaud her foreign policy stuff because we don't have to consider a situation where she does become president and be like oh what happens when she turns her back on her on uh on candidate gabbard and turns into president gabbard and you know does all sorts of nasty stuff if that happens i mean i, I don't want to i don't want to act like or accuse her of of uh well she's if but if she's off. like any because other I, president ever then yeah <clears throat> Yeah. I mean, she does to give a little bit of throw her a bone and give her some credit the way she talks about it. It does seem like she does understand Absolutely. it. And it is coming from from something other than just, you know, like a Trump or Obama populism thing. I don't even know. Even I don't Trump even want his... to use candidate Trump. Yeah, because uh, candidate Trump. I mean, let's think about it. If you like your stereotypical Republican. Uh, wouldn't you say is pro at least military um, and often yes. pro war? I mean, that's been my experience with most Republicans. Mm -hmm. uh, so the fact that candidate Trump basically put his neck out and, and talked about how bad the, uh, these wars were, I think you got to give him some credit there for at least like that's not a winning strategy unless he had some kind of polling information somewhere that the other candidates didn't have. Right. Um, candidate Trump, I think, should get some credit. Like, re if you remember, uh, I believe on our podcast we were talking about this during that election cycle, or was that before our podcast started and we were writing about it? I don't know. Uh, but uh, Walter Block, right, saying you should support Donald Trump in the primary because he's the best on foreign policy. So we want to get that guy to be the candidate. Yeah, and I mean it's it's. I think we should try to use this as a as a general rule. If someone has does good things and says good things, you should reward them for that. If they turn around and start acting poorly, then criticize them and don't reward them for it. And if they end up, you know, having, you know, changing to, you know, you should you should be flexible with stuff. And as long as they're not trying to be a grifter, where it's obvious that they're just saying whatever they they can to to make a cheap buck off it. If you real, if you if you believe that this person is being genuine and trying to correct their their mistakes and and hone in on on what the truth is, uh, I think you should feel guilty or feel weird about praising them when they change their mind to a, a better right. view. And vice versa, if they change their mind and end up, you know, promoting bad stuff, then criticize it. You shouldn't feel bad about criticizing them even when the rest of their stuff is pretty good. I, I really hate when someone, you know, someone says something like some either a political leader or someone in a movement ends up saying something stupid about something and you critique that, criticize them for that one position and someone comes along that yeah, but they're really good on this other stuff. You should support No. That's stupid. Well, people fall in love and that's that's why we have like right? the 
What's that? I mean, people really fall in love with their candidates. I mean, think of like Barack Obama when he was running and talked about ending the wars and talked about closing Guantanamo. And everyone was voting for him, you know, apparently for those reasons. Then he gets in office and creates more wars and keeps Guantanamo open. And nobody criticized him for that. All the people who voted for him and were talking about how evil George W. Bush was because of the wars. uh, None of them, that that whole anti-war movement disappeared when their candidate got in, which is very strange to me. Like, (laughs) you know, I'm sure people study this on how people act with their candidates. But uh, same with Trump. Although I guess you see someone like Ann Coulter is she's kind of defected from Trump, uh, but she was big on the border wall and build that wall and throw her in jail or whatever, whatever other slogans they had. And when that didn't come, you know, Ann Coulter is turned on Trump. There's probably some others, but for the most part, the Trump supporters are supporting everything he does, even though he's doing nothing, not much of what he didn't said in his campaign. Or am I off there? Is, Is he following his campaign? He didn't uh, build I mean, the wall. Yeah, I guess if, I, I don't know what the more minor points of his campaign were. I mean, he, I'm sure he, obviously some the, things the wall he's was doing. a big thing. Just like there was some things Obama did. He didn't. Sure, but he didn't follow through on the wall that much. I mean, he did knock down the uh, individual mandate in Obamacare, which is great. I mean, I appreciate that. And we should praise him I'm for sure it. He's cut but, some regulations. I know there was something with right. the EPA going on for a while. But, you know, whatever. It's like praise that. If you can find some good stuff that someone does, go ahead and say, yeah, that's good. Give them positive feedback for it. But don't fall into this stupid trap of of, uh, acting like it needs to be like all or nothing. Right. It's insane. It's ridiculous. And that's why we have these, these ridiculous dog and pony shows that are elections because people end up just whoever's uh, you know, not even whoever's got the closest beliefs to their belief system. It's whoever has the the letter, like whether it's an R or a D, and that's what's going to make them be support everything about them. Uh, in order for the the other bad Eli not to get in. So uh, yeah, I, I, though we we kind of we kind of kind of took a, a a turn off of what your question was which was what happens if Tulsi Gabbard actually is a viable candidate? Like, what do you do? Right. And uh, I mean, I would, I would still kind of do the same thing is be supportive of the, anything that she says and, and criticize anything. Yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, Bernie Sanders, I think is a viable okay. candidate, but if, if Tulsi Gabbard becomes president, then you be quiet about it. You bring it up. You talk about what she said as a candidate and try to maybe shake people and wake them up for at least for the very least to be able to say, oh, hey, look, this politician is super anti-war as a candidate. Now that she's president, going off and and doing stuff that's in contradiction to what she was saying as a candidate, something's not right. Something more nefarious going on with like deep state stuff. Uh, And that's not to say that that's what Tulsi Gabbard would end up doing. Well, it's just for the sake of argument. One thing I think is um, kind of important 
and maybe part of the reason now it's true that all these anti-war candidates don't get attention but i do think if people if people want believe that or wanted that anti-war position they would get a little more attention uh i don't think a majority like just like when ron paul was running your typical republican would say he's a little crazy on foreign policy i used to hear that all the time ron paul's crazy on foreign policy they don't understand it obviously but if they did maybe they wouldn't think he's crazy so part of the the reason these candidates have no shot i think is because the country doesn't really care right maybe it's because they don't understand Uh, but yeah no you're right there's certainly people and people who don't want them to get attention uh yeah i I think that's what that's what provides the not enough that people care about it so they can just do it with impunity i mean they have to they have to get a opinion if the world if most people in the country cared what ron paul's message was and were supportive of him they couldn't just literally ignore it but you know most people didn't care about him so they could they could get away with it so it just goes to show you that like it's politics is stacked up against us and so that's why well i think it's interesting to talk about this stuff i I don't care to use the political uh tools to solve any of these problems right Uh, but that's how i feel but it would be very good that said it would be very good to have someone like tulsi gabbard talk about uh the horrors and ridiculousness of our foreign policy so I am very supportive of, of getting her on the debate stage um, and wh- whatever happens after that, you know, whatever, I'm not holding my breath, but just, I think it's good to get the message out there to get it on some ear might otherwise, yeah. and then just yes. see what happens. Uh, I don't want to change the world or anything, but I think it could help push things a little further along. You never know who's going to hear it. You never know who's go- it's going to make sense to. Yeah, I mean, hopefully, hopefully she's can can make some waves and and on, only in foreign policy and none of the the bad stuff that she she believes in. Right. So and, so, and I do think like that is kind of what it seems to be that she's building her campaign around. I've seen a few ads. Uh, I know Dave Smith talked about one of her ads, and so I, I googled some of them. And pretty much every ad I see is about foreign policy. So hopefully when she gets her chance on the debate, is she on the debate? I don't even know. There's like a million candidates running. But if she gets any attention, hopefully that's what she's talking about. And hopefully some people hear it and it makes sense to them. And it just, you slowly bring along more people. And uh, yeah, so I, I think it's good she's in the race. I think it's good or okay, or whatever you want to do to support her, to give her attention. Um, I don't think we really need to worry about her winning, is, is my opinion, right. my final my final answer. Yeah, the only thing that's going to be frustrating is that, you know, you talk about her foreign policy and it's good. And like we, I think we said last week that people take that as a... Uh, Endorsement of every single thing you ever said in your entire yeah. life and will say in the future. Yeah, but you know, you just gotta ignore that. Right. You just gotta, you know, those people are gonna be there. You just kind of laugh at them, say, "No, that's insane," and, uh, and move on. Right. Uh, that's that's kind of all I had to say about it. Do you have anything no, else you wanted to add? No, I think I, I I think that's good. We got that in because that's what we wanted to talk about last week. Yep. 
So, uh, success story, Slappy? Because I did. I know we didn't talk about it, but okay. I, I have I, I could have one. I could save it for another week. Sure. Or whatever. Um, or we can you can add it on or whatever. But uh, I think this is a relevant one in, in the Childerberg theme. So, when I flew out of Philadelphia to fly in, into Texas for Childerberg, uh, I flew American Airlines. And when I was going to my gate, I was looking for uh, my gate. I, I, you know, I knew what it was based on my boarding pass, but I was looking around. I was like, well, it has a sign for it, but I just like see a restaurant there, not the normal gate. And so I was kind of confused. And I, I walked past it looking for it. Maybe I missed it. Maybe I didn't understand where the sign and everything. And then I, I walked back. So I couldn't find it. Realized, oh, quasi restaurant. Uh, they changed it around. It's not just like a bunch of ben- uh, benches and seats and everything. Now they actually have a restaurant and and like tables, and they have you know power outlets, also like a touchpad where you can either play games, order food, or order drinks. And so you just like you know if you want to hang out there and and have a meal or have a drink you can just hit the touchpad and order your stuff and pay for it and someone will bring it over for you so uh a nice little perk for your uh waiting for your flight i think i thought it was pretty neat instead of just the kind yeah, of yeah. drabby you know sit on these right. benches and wait for your flight and good stuff so, so uh it seems like i'm breaking yes up again. i can't really hear you it's, 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 uh, Hopefully, recording grabs it and it's not all choppy. Yeah, hopefully, we have an episode. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we're doing this the night before because I'm not flying back into Philly uh, until late tomorrow night. And by the time I get home, it might, uh, uh, I it would not be easy to record an episode. I'll just say that. So, so let's uh, let's wrap this up. And uh, the show notes page again for this episode is mcflugel.com slash 148. I don't know that we'll have anything to really link to in that other than libertymugs.com and also check out pay, uh, P-E-I, I I think it's getpay.com. And you uh, put in the referral code that we have on the show notes page, you can uh, get some extra money and I will also, you will also as well. And so it's a nice little, uh, nice little perk for each of us. So it's a great way to earn Bitcoin for things that you uh, purchase it that you already make. Um, so I recommend it and ask me any questions you have. I've been using it for a little bit and I, and that, and I did get a payout in Bitcoin. So it does, it does absolutely work. All right. So, um, I think we covered everything we need to, uh, Childerberg was awesome. So, uh, we'll see you at chili dose. Thanks for listening. And we'll catch you next week. Peace.